man of God here today. Let him preach the word in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Can we do that again? Do we got time for that? God, thank you. God, thank you for another day to get my life on track. God, thank you for the house of God. Come on, let's talk to God for a little bit. God, thank you. I wonder if it's been a while since somebody just has said, thank you, Jesus. Come on, I wonder if Somebody's had some circumstances that have stopped you from saying, thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank God for your church. Come on, thank God for that person sitting across from you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for not leaving me in sin. Thank you, God, for not leaving me in a broken marriage, confused and alone. Come on, somebody. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for not leaving me in a church, God, that didn't have the truth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I don't ever want to be too quick to rush past thanking God. I don't want to be too quick trying to get to the next thing where I miss the opportunity to say thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Hood and Sister Hood, for having my wife and I here today. We, uh, we pulled an all-nighter. We jumped in our cars 9 o'clock last night following our Bible study. And... Uh, we braved the darkness and uh, got here at about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and uh, very thankful for a safe drive and for God keeping his hand on us and keeping our babies asleep for about 90% of that. And all the parents said, amen, if you've been on a road trip. Well, like Pastor Hood said, I, uh, my wife and I, we started at Home Missions Church in Spokane and God has been doing a wonderful work there and we are so thankful that God is still pouring out his spirit God is still delivering amen that God is still saving God is still stopping people from ruining their lives God is still come on somebody we are thankful for all that God is doing in the world today and uh, we're glad to be here with you today, and I pray that what I have here will be a blessing to you. Now, in my church, midweek is Bible study, and I still get a little excited. I don't know if I'm quite as excitable as your pastor, so I'm going to remind you of the verse that says to not compare, right? So just get with me and believe with me and have faith with me, and I believe God can do something awesome in this place. Amen? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. Amen. Amen. I need a couple people like that. Come on, sister. I'll take about five more of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. I had a service I preached one time. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this. I was preaching one time at my church, and I think we had four people there, and three of them were asleep. And I promise I was preaching good, man. I thought, you know, you come to church, you think you got a word of God, and three of them are sleeping. And the one that was awake, I think maybe my wife was the one that was awake. I don't know. I hope she wasn't one of the sleeping ones. Amen. So God has taught me, man, I can preach to a brick wall. Hallelujah. So it really doesn't matter if you're with me or not. I'm just going to preach in Jesus' name. And I'm going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity. Somebody hear me. I have become as sounding brass. I want everybody to say sounding brass or a tinkling 
symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries. Ever met somebody like that? My God, they got every gift. They got gifts that aren't even in the Bible. They understand all the mysteries. But the Bible says, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity. The Bible has the audacity to say you are nothing. How dare God? I'm moving mountains. I got all the knowledge. I've got all the faith. I can speak in every dialect and tongues. Man, I got languages the angels don't even speak. But if I don't have charity, if I don't have love, the Bible calls me a sounding brass. Good for nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit, it profiteth me nothing. That's heavy. That's one of those check yourself verses. That's a check engine light verses, you know. I need to check my spirit to make sure that I'm not obtaining to gifts and to status and don't have the love of God for my neighbor, for my coworker. Amen. Well, we're going to go there today. Praise God. If you need a title for this, we're going to teach on this subject, gold for brass. Man, I feel God in this place. Gold for brass. Can we pray together? And if I can, I want to ask you specifically to pray, God, let there be room in this heart for the seed of your word. God, let not my unbelief. Come on, I need somebody that knows how to touch God to get your mind off Applebee's, to get your mind off of what you got going on tomorrow. I need you to pray with me. God, I pray if there's a rock where a seed needs to be. God, I pray, get the rock out of the way. God, I pray that if there's a thorny bush that is just in waiting for something good to spring out of my life, God, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. God, if there's a person, if there are people that are going to squeeze out every good thing, God, uh, I'm ready for a new group of friends like the pastor said. God, because I want to grow. I want to have life. I don't want to be a desert of a Christian. Hallelujah. I want to be a garden again. God, a place you're comfortable walking through in the cool of the day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody believe again. Come on, somebody have faith again. Somebody say, this one could be for me. Come on, somebody claim it right now. This one could be for me. I believe, God, I can leave different again. Amen. Who knows, without faith, it is impossible. Man, I thought God can do anything. God can do anything, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Amen. You may be seated. If you haven't noticed, our world is full of noise. It can feel like every day the volume is increased. And we're at a pitch now that it can feel like everything else in life is more difficult because of the noise in this world. Volume can be so uncomfortable, believe it or not, that they use it for torture. In one article I came across in preparing for this message, it mentioned 
that the CIA uses volume in one of its torture techniques. In fact, it has its own playlist of songs. Man, I hear some people's playlist, man. It is torture. Hallelujah. But the CIA has a playlist of songs that they employ to torture because, man, noise can really make life uncomfortable. There's something about every time you open your phone, it's more negativity on the news. There's something about every time you check your Facebook, uh, there's more negativity. There's more bitterness. There's more frustration. There's something about the noise of being around people who don't love God, who don't want a life with God. Something about the volume can become so uncomfortable and can make just menial tasks more difficult. Amen. The most popular song on the CIA's playlist. This has nothing to do with my message, but I just think it's awesome. The most popular song on the CIA's playlist of torture songs is I Love You by Barney. I kid you not. You go home and look it up. Number one torture song the CIA uses is I Love You by Barney. Isn't that great? Amen. This noise, in many cases, isn't just volume, but it's temperature. It is the level of friction and negativity we are exposed to every single day. Somebody hear me. Even as believers that walk with God, if we're not comfortable, we can add to the noise. A well-meaning post on Facebook can raise the volume unnecessarily in circumstances and situations in the lives of our friends and our neighbors. We ought to be careful. Not every conspiracy theory you come across is worth reposting. Not every opinion that flows through your brain is worth fleshing out uh, on the job site. You're just adding to the noise. Well, my God, I've got got to walk with God. You don't know my prayer life. Well, let me tell you. The world isn't looking for more volume. It's looking for clarity. It's looking for a certain sound. In my many years of serving the Lord, I have come across a lot of people who can easily identify The problems in culture, the problems on the job site. They have no problem pointing out the problems in their spouse or even the problems in the church. With the best of them, they can moan and complain that the world is a melting pot of filthiness and ungodliness. But let me tell somebody here today, identifying the problem is the easy part. Even the world knows it's got problems. I want somebody to hear me today. Even the world knows it's got problems. I don't want to just be a problem finder. I want to be a problem solver. God, I just don't want to see all the problems in my brothers and sisters. Well, they don't worship enough. They don't give enough. They're not nice enough. We'd be growing if it wasn't for so-and-so. We'd be doing better as a church if I could just... Amen. I'm not going to get more intense. It's just hot up here. Hallelujah. Somebody's, Somebody's scared. Oh, he took his jacket off. He's coming for me now. I'm already coming for you. I don't want to be the type of person that identifies the problem and feels that because I can see an issue, that that in and of itself is enough. But God, I want to be the person that when I see a problem in a brother and sister, that I go to prayer. 
I want to be the type of person that when I see an issue on the workplace, uh, I can become a, a part of the answer. Stay with me. I don't want to be the noise. I don't want to be just more brass. Brass, unlike gold, some of you already knew this, but I had to do some research on this. Brass, unlike gold, which it tries to emulate, is a man-made material. Brass is actually very useful when it's for zippers, locks, hinges, bearings, and plumbing. But brass is a weak imitation of gold. You see, gold, unlike brass, is a natural metal that has to be mined and refined. Its value far surpasses its man-made counterpart. And just for those that are interested... Brass sells at about 16 cents an ounce, while gold, when I did this message, was at $1,800 an ounce. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Guys, when God shows up, I don't want to just look like gold. I want to be gold. When God comes on the scene, I don't want to just be a cheap imitation of the real thing. I want my praise to be authentic. I want my worship to be... God, I want to be the real thing. Hallelujah. Like so many of the things Jesus exampled and taught to us, it is easier said than done. But this is one thing you cannot afford to get wrong. The world today so desperately needs the real thing for us to shine like gold but only to be hollow and fake is a disservice to our world the world isn't looking for another man-made image but are looking for something of lasting value I thought this was interesting. One jeweler told me that through all the centuries that gold has been used, it has never lost its value. That comparatively, gold actually has a similar value today that it did a thousand years ago. And he had some examples about how gold, how it would be bartered for clothing or for, a, for different goods and how gold today has a very similar value that it did thousands of years ago. I want to use the story in the book of Kings to really unravel what I hope you leave here with today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 23. And when you're there, say amen. Amen. First Kings chapter 10 and verse 23. So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. Guys, King Solomon was a whole different kind of rich. I heard one comedian say, Michael Jackson was so rich that he had a draft. He's like, some of you think you could buy a draft from the zoo. You don't even know nothing about being rich. Can't buy a draft from the zoo. King Solomon was a whole nother level of rich. The Bible records he was so wealthy 
that his throne was made of ivory, and if that wasn't enough, they overlaid it with gold. All of the cups were gold. All of the vessels were gold. Even common items were made of gold. God will take care of his people. The Bible says in verse 17, amen. The Bible says in verse 17 that Solomon set out to make 300 shields of beaten gold. Three pounds of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Somebody stay with me here today. In today's money, that would be $86,400 per shield. Nearly $26 million for all 300 shields. Solomon was a blessed man, church. He had honored God. And so God had honored him with the real thing. He had continued the legacy that was set forth by his father, David, and God had rewarded him with riches and with wisdom. Amen. Imagine these people who were once slaves to Egypt, who once built their palaces and worked for them, are now the kings and the queens. The ones who were once murdered and who were once captive to the Egyptians, they are now the rulers. They had obeyed God, and now the blessings were evident. The exodus out of Egypt was not easy. It was brought forth by many challenges of not just removing them from Egypt, but removing Egypt out of them. Let me stop here long enough to say, don't criticize the blessed people of the church. Come on, don't rain down on those who... See, some of us, some of us have a problem with wealth because of how the media portrays the wealthy. But let me tell you, the greatest wealth is the wealth God bestows upon you because of good and honest stewardship. The best kind of wealth is not the kind you win at the lotto. It is the kind that God gives you because you honor his word, because you obey his tenets, because you're in line. Because you're in line with the ways of God. Solomon walked in the footsteps of his father. I'm not saying Solomon was perfect. Solomon had problems. God does not need you to be perfect. God needs you to be excellent. God does not need you to have everything figured out. God needs you to approach everything in your life with excellence. Come on, somebody. When it's time to clean the house, clean it with excellence. When it's time to show up to church, show up with excellence. When it's time to pray, pray with excellence. When it's time to be a witness, uh, be a witness with excellence. Uh, everything we do ought to be with excellence. Well, Aaron, I'm not perfect. God does not need perfect. Uh, God needs an attitude. God needs somebody that's willing to walk in old paths. God needs a young man, a young lady that is not afraid to be excellent, to stand out from the crowd. I'm talking about gold for brass. Solomon had the real thing. It was evident even to those outside of the kingdom. 
even those outside of God's people could look on Solomon, could look on the way of the people, could look on the, the magnificence of his kingdom and say, there's something different here. My God, when people walk through those doors, when somebody walks through those doors, uh, I, 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 I want to believe uh, that when they come into our churches, uh, they see excellence. Uh, they see something different. Oh, come on. See, I don't know how long Brother Hood preaches, but he's not preaching tonight. So here we go. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how it is here. But I've already figured out that my church is not going to compete with the $20,000 screens and the smoke machines uh, and all the flashing lights uh, and the full choir and, 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 the, and the drums. And I, I, you know, we're, we're, my wife uh, and I, we're just doing the best we can. But let me tell you where we can compete is when people walk through those doors. Uh, I pray they feel uh, the Holy Ghost. Uh, I pray when they talk to our people, when they say hello, uh, you've got the Holy Ghost evident in your life. Life. When you begin to worship, you don't worship like the Pharisees, but you worship saying, God, you've been faithful. Come on, somebody. It's gold. It's gold. Well, Brother Mayo, I don't know if we can grow. Things are different around here. I don't know if we can grow because people cry around here and get emotional. Let me tell somebody. If Jesus is in the house. Well, Aaron, you're just, you're just giving us a clapping point. No, 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 no. If you can, if you can live a life that is honoring to God. If you can walk in obedience in the word of God with the man of God. If you come on, if you can exemplify excellence and when people come through those doors they go, "Man, I don't see a smoke machine, but I feel something." Man, I don't see flashing lights, but man, there's something different here. Solomon was the real deal. But Solomon couldn't reign forever. God did not design it that way. As much as I love being pastor of my church, I'm not going to be pastor forever. As much as I love working my business, I'm not going to own that business forever. As much as I love our home, I'm not going to live in that home forever. Someday somebody may be wearing these shoes, may be sleeping in my house. But I pray that the next generation does not trade in the pure gold for brass. I pray that the next generation doesn't give up the valued, the tried, the true for a cheap imitation. Oh, it shines, Brother Mayo. Isn't that all that matters? It sparkles, Brother Mayo. Isn't that all that isn't that all people care about? No, friend. I want the real thing. I don't want to just have something uh, that sparkles. Uh, I want to be through and through apostolic. Uh, I want to be through and through uh, Jesus' name. Uh, I want to be through and through uh, who God designed me to be. So Solomon his kingdom is passed on to a man by the name of Rehoboam. And the Bible teaches in 2 Chronicles chapter 10 and verse 6. See, we're having Bible study tonight, so keep your Bible by you. 
And King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that had stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived the old ways. You know, the guys that still preach separation from the world. You know, the the guys who say we ought to live for God at home and at church. Oh, Brother Mayo, you don't. That's different now. No, it's not different now. If you want to be the real thing, then you got to live the real thing. Amen. Well, hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Chronicles, and we're going to be in verse 7, And they spake unto him, saying, If thou be kind to this people, and please them, and speak good words to them, they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old man gave him and took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him that stood before him. If I can just, God, give me the words. God, give me the words. Guys, we don't need some newfangled system. We need to tap into the Holy Ghost again. Guys, we don't. Well, maybe if we tried this new tactic. Man, maybe if we just tried praying through again. Well, man, maybe if we, maybe if we stopped wearing suits and we came in shorts and, and flip-flops, we'd have revival. Maybe if you just started living for God again, God could move. This became the genesis of Rehoboam's errors. He and his young men thought they knew better than those who had counseled his father. They had a new way, a better way. This one's choice to follow after the trendy, the hip, the cool over God's word and over his way would unravel all David and Solomon did in just one generation. For those of you that know this story know that Rehoboam almost immediately as his first act as king split the kingdom because he was unwilling to walk in the old paths. He was unwilling to do what was necessary to have the gold. He was unwilling to go through the refiner's process. A lot of people want the pulpit, but they don't want to be refined. A lot of people want the status, but they don't want the process. A lot of people want to look good, but they don't want it to be in the heart. All of this is vain, church, if it's not in our hearts. All of this. Brotherhood, who is this skinny white guy that you brought in that's just screaming at us? None of us get a pass on the process. Let me be honest with somebody here. I spent approximately 10 years helping my uncle in the Liberty Lake Cornerstone Church, what we call the big church. They're getting ready to move into a building that will seat 1,000 people. It's going to be phenomenal. It's a blessing. It is testament to staying true to the gold. But I I help Pastor Mayo... And if he hears this, he'll give me a hard time, but that's okay. I can take it. I held Pastor Mayo if it was whatever it was. Brother Hood and I, Pastor Gamboa, shoulder to shoulder, whatever we could do, we did it. Outreach, announcements, song leading. Could you believe that Pastor Hood ever was allowed to sing? It just blows the mind. Just God can do anything. Amen. 
Whatever we could do, we just wanted to be used by God. We just had an attitude that said, Jesus, use me. And what happened was when we started our church, I thought I had some credit with Jesus. That, that because of my long and dutiful service to my pastor, I'm just being real with somebody. Because of my long and dutiful service to my pastor, that God kind of owed me a good church. I'm being real with somebody. That God kind of owed me a blessing because of how much sacrifice I did. And what I found out real quick is God was like, I don't owe you nothing. Every good thing you have is because of me. And let me tell you a reoccurring, I'm just going to minister to somebody here. Let me tell you a reoccurring thing God has spoken to me when I get frustrated and start complaining. You know what he tells me? Aaron, I did my part. You got a beautiful wife. You got two healthy kids. You got a home. You got a job. You got two nice cars in the driveway. You got a dog. You got, Aaron, I've done my part. You do your part. Well, God, I don't feel like outreaching. It's not about how you feel. God, I've done my part. Now you do your part. I saved you. When nobody, when you didn't even want to be saved. I loved you when your own mama didn't love you. I wanted you when your own wife, come on. So what I had, what, what happened was, I'm closer to ending than you think. What happened was, as I got to go through a new process, and as much as I kicked and screamed, and hollered and threw fits. Man, you hadn't seen nothing till you seen somebody who's supposed to be a pastor throw a fit, man. That's 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 something to behold. But you gotta stay in the process. And what happens is when you come out of that valley, you look back and you say, Wow. I didn't see everything God you were doing. I didn't, have the, I didn't have the visibility you had. I needed the refiner's process. No, see, I could have tricked a lot of people looking like pastors. Oh, I've been in the game a long time. I know how to look Pentecostal. I know how to walk Pentecostal and kind of grab the right foot a little bit. I know just the right words. Praise the Lord, brother. How you doing? Great. Oh, I can play. But see, that's brass. If I'm going home and I don't love my wife. If when I'm at, if when nobody's around, I'm not faithful. Oh, come on, somebody. I got to minister to somebody. I could have tricked a lot of people into thinking I was shining. But it was only through the refiner's process. That God began to pull out the layers uh, that even my former responsibilities, they couldn't get that deep. Uh, even the former time I had worked at it, it, couldn't, it, it, it took God moving me to where I am today to get to that deeper level. To get to that place where God could say, okay, here's a problem. Let's remove that. Come on, we need to pray right now. Come on, somebody, you, you've been okay with looking shiny. But I, I want somebody, I, I want somebody here. I want you to be thankful for what God has done. But I don't want you to be satisfied. I want somebody here today. God, thank you for all you've done. But I'm not satisfied just being shiny ornamentation. I'm not satisfied just warming a pew. Jesus, I want to be gold. Jesus, I want to be valuable in the kingdom. Oh, come on, somebody, you need to step back in the process. Come on, you checked out. You checked out when you pulled up the website. You checked out when you pulled up that old phone number. You checked out. It's time to step back in the process. God still wants you. God still loves you. God ain't done with you. God ain't over with you. But it's time to get back in the process. Oh, we got, we got to pray. Come on, come on, somebody. 
If this ain't speaking to you, pray for the person next to you. If you got this on lockdown and you know you're about 12 pounds of gold, praise God. Pray for the person in front of you. God, I love you. God, I want to be genuine. God, I want anything in my life that is not honoring and pleasing to you. Come on, get back in the process. The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 1, it came to pass that in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord. Rehoboam had left the old paths. I find it interesting of all of the neighboring kingdoms to attack him, it was Egypt. I mean, think of all of the the Philistines and all of the different people that would attack and would give God's people problems. But Egypt, what a, what a, what a blow to the very character of the king. Just, just three generations short of David for the one that used to enslave them to come back against them. Of all of the things to lose out to, to lose out to the things that God delivered you of. Of all the things to go to hell over, to go to hell over the things that God saved you from. Of all of the reasons to go back, to go back for the things that God said, I got you. My blood has got you. You got to hear this because when I saw this, it tripped me out. So Shishak king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. Listen, and the treasures of the king's house, he took all. The devil's not satisfied just getting your weekends. Oh man, we could, we could be here a while. The devil's not satisfied with just a portion of your life. He is after all. And I got to tell somebody here today, the enemy of your soul is in it for the long haul. He don't got to win overnight. He don't got to win in a month. He'll play this game all the way to the end of your life. He'll plant seeds of doubt, of suspicion, of fear, of bitterness, and just water them and cultivate them. But when he is finished, the Bible talks about the maturation of sin. If anybody knows the scripture, lust, when it's conceived, when it talks about temptation, and it talks about sin, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth. There is a maturation to sin. It happens over time. But when the king of Egypt, which is a typology to us today, as a type of the world, when it is finished with us, it will take all. But what fascinated me about this portion of scripture, of all of the articles of gold that Solomon had made, of all of the precious things that were overlaid with gold, of everything Solomon had that was precious, the Bible makes mention of the shields of gold. Listen. He carried away, this is verse 9 of 1 Chronicles chapter 12. He carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Those shields that were a testament of God's blessing and richness in the life of Solomon. God wanted to make sure we knew the shield was taken. These shields, weapons of warfare, of strength, of defense, stripped because in one generation they had walked away from God. Don't be mistaken. Your choices matter. They reverberate like that sounding brass all the way to the throne of God. What God has done through sacrifice, through prayer, through blood, sweat, and tears can be compromised in one generation. 
Let's all stand. This is my last portion of scripture. And the very next scripture. Is there any way to get this on the board? Thank you. The same Rehoboam that forsook the old ways. This blew me out of the way. Instead of which King Rehoboam, watch, made shields of brass. Wait a second. And committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard that kept the king, that kept the entrance of the king's house. Rehoboam, you got to see this. Rehoboam, so shamed and probably humiliated that the king of Egypt had come and stripped him of the real thing, had no qualm of replacing what the last generation had in gold. He said, he said, I don't got, I don't got the finances. I don't got the ability to remake what daddy did. So I, I'll go ahead and give you an imitation. Oh, it looks good. It looked like gold, but it was. We have got to walk in the ways of God. We can never fall to we can never fall to the idea that a cheap imitation of what God used to do. Guys, I don't want services that are almost as good as the old times. If God can do them back then, God can do them today. I don't want testimonies that are almost as good. I don't want miracles uh, that are almost as good as the last generation. God, I want the real thing. I want to be refined. I want to be a man that is true gold. Maybe today. As you look over your relationships that used to be pure, you see your reflection in the fake, in the phony, in the brass. You say, God, there used to be gold there. And God, I haven't tricked anybody. Maybe you look back on your prayer time. It used to be gold. Maybe you look back on your time in the house of God. It used to be gold. But Egypt came in with unbelief. Egypt came in with fear. Egypt came in with its lies. And it started stripping all of the beautiful ornamentation of everything God had constructed in your life and your only response was I can't bear to look at nothing I'd rather have the fake than an empty one guys I get it in these environments we all want to look like we got it together We all want to look like we've got it figured out, that we got life by the tail. But if we're honest with ourselves, some of us, we lost the gold. And until we're willing to be honest, man, I dropped the ball. And I made a mistake. God, I didn't believe. God, I didn't trust. I've done this, guys. I'm not preaching this from an elevated position outside of this, this platform. I'm in the fight with you. I'm shoulder to shoulder with you. Let's not be brass. Let's be gold. If you want to get back in the process, maybe there's some ornamentation in your life that you know is fake, that you know is phony. 
I wonder if you'd be real with yourself. Listen, nobody here is keeping score, and if they are, it doesn't matter. God ain't keeping score. I wonder if you want, if, if, if somebody here says, you know what, God, I got some areas that I need to work on. I wonder if we could just, in this place right now, create a spirit of worship. You want to come pray to the altar? It's not a confession of guilt. But listen, whatever you do, don't leave the same. Whatever you do, don't leave here like you came. Come on, if Egypt has robbed you of hope, and in place of hope you put alcohol, it's brass. God, if the devil's robbed you of peace, and in the place of peace you've put drugs, it's brass. If God robbed you of pure relationships, and in the place of pure relationships you've put pornography, it's brass. Come on, somebody. If, you, if in place of a love for God, hallelujah, you have a love for Netflix, you have a love for the things of this world, it's brass. It's fake. But a loving God is calling us. Get back in the process. Get back in the process. Try again. Come on, don't be concerned with who's next to you. They're not going to be next to you in eternity. You, just you and God. Come on, lift your hands right now. God, I love you, Jesus. God, I want to be the real thing. Aaron Mayo wants to be the real thing. If the altar's where you need us, take me there, take me there. What you need is just an offering. It's right here, my life is here, I'll be a
Come on, that's it, church. Let's pray. God, whatever you got to do to make gold out of my life. Come on, the trying of my Every hand lifted, every head bowed. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on, this is the second preacher to come by and tell us we don't need to be an invitation. It's too easy to slip into it. Come on, brass is cheaper. I don't want a cheap invitation. Come on, I want to be the real thing. I want, I want to be what God has called me to be. I want my walk with him to be as pure as gold, God. Tried, purified seven times, God. I don't, I don't want to have a walk with God that is just tinkling cymbals, God, and just, just another noise out there. But, God, I want to be the real thing, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We live in God's country, but we also live in gold country. You know, Nevada still produces 70% of America's gold. More than Alaska, more than California. But you know, a lot of people, they, they, they ran away from Nevada. They ran to California because they could quickly pick up a gold nugget that they call placer gold in the rivers. It was a quick and easy process. But all the while, they passed up the gold dust that they're still processing in these hills. But in order to get the gold out, you've got to crush the rock. You've got to melt it down. There's got to be some fire involved. There's got to be some borax. There's got to be some chemicals. And you've got, to, you've got to take it through a whole process of refining it down. I don't want to take the shortcut and think that I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to somehow find it better 
if I just, well, if I just take a shortcut and just combine a couple things, I can have brass and I could look shiny. No, or, you know, maybe I could just go and, and in this area of my life, I'll just get a quick fix and I'll, I'll, man, that's gold in my life. But yet there's this whole other area that's unexcavated in my heart that God's saying, I've got gold in there, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take some praying. It's going to take some trips to the altar. I want God to extract the gold from my life. I want God to purify my heart. Church, let's pray one more time. Come on, all across this building. God, I, I want you to do whatever you got to do in my life uh, to not let me satis just be satisfied in one area and say, well, you know, I just got a little nugget over here and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be... No, there's a whole bunch more that you want to extract from my life. And, and God, I don't want to have brass that's an imitation, nor do I want to take a shortcut. I know there's more that can be extracted from my life. I know there's more in my ministry. I know there's more in my walk with you. I know there's more in my relationship with others. I know that there's gold there, but God, I pray that you would help me, amen, to extract it. God, pray that you would, would help me, God, to purify it, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you tonight, God, for this word. Amen. I pray that we would come back with a holy boldness each and every service, God, ready to receive the word from the Lord. I pray that you would touch us here today, God. Amen. And bless us through this week. Bring us back to the house of God. Amen. Let us not settle for less than the very best that you have for us. I don't want to settle for an imitation of Pentecost, an imitation of a walk with God. Amen. It might take more work. It might take more time, God. But the church we're building, God, here as a group here in Carson City, it's not to be an imitation. It's going to be the real thing where people can walk in and they can feel the difference. They can see the difference. In Jesus' name, somebody clap your hands all across this building and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's invite somebody to the house of the Lord this Sunday and expect God to do great things in their life. Amen. I believe that when they come in contact with the real thing and they come in contact with, with what we have here, amen, I believe it can forever change their eternity. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's go tell somebody about Jesus. We love you. Shake hands. Be friendly. 